Welcome to This Week in California Education, brought to you by EdSource Radio. I'm Lewis Friedberg. And I'm John Fensterwald. This week, we're going to focus on mental health. What's becoming clear is that the pandemic is putting more pressures on students of all ages, and they are experiencing growing mental health challenges as a result. A survey from the National Center for Health Statistics and the Census Bureau that came out just this week showed that nearly half of Californians say they are experiencing levels of anxiety and gloom typically associated with generalized anxiety disorder or depression. The problems seem to be most severe among young people between 18 and 29. Three out of four said they had been unable to stop or control worrying for at least several of the previous seven days, and 71% reported feeling down, depressed, or hopeless during this time. That, of course, John, is the age group that is most likely to be in college. Our reporter Larry Gordon wrote a terrific piece on efforts being made to take on the issue of mental health in California's colleges during the pandemic, and we're pleased to have him here with us today. Welcome, Larry. Glad to be here, Lewis. Thank you. What are the concerns that you are hearing? Well, a lot of it is based on several surveys that show significant upticks in anxiety and depression and feeling of isolation among college students. And during the first few weeks of March and April, mental health clinics on college campuses saw a, a drop in demand for their services. Uh, many of the students which are rushing off campus trying to learn how to do online education, worry about their their uh, their bills and their lost jobs. But right now, there seems to be a return and an uptick, and, and centers are uh, bracing themselves for what they think could be a real surge in demand of students reaching out and asking for therapy and asking for other types of help. What kind of concerns did you hear, I mean, in terms of the particular issues that the pandemic and the fallout from the pandemic are creating? I think the biggest issue is all about isolation. You know, students are, are such social beings in, in classes, in dorms, in clubs, in cafeterias, even if you don't live on campus, and now suddenly to be thrust into this much more solitary existence in online education is really hurting some students emotionally. And colleges are trying beyond just traditional therapy in ways to to socialize students, to have online groups, even if it's just fun things like movie night and gamer night and anime night. You know, mental health professionals are urging college professors to make sure they always embed some type of group activity in, in their online classes, forcing students to interact and perhaps make friends. You know, I was really thinking that, especially for new freshmen, how lonely it must be to start your school year with without new friends. It's just a terrible prospect. Well, Larry, just to put this in a context, I mean, most students in California public universities, I mean, the community colleges and CSU in particular, those students aren't living on campus. The courses are online, but those students who, who, who don't live on campus, you know, they belong to clubs. They eat out with friends in the cafeteria. They play ball. You know, you don't have to live on campus to partake in student life. You can hang out late in the day, wait online outside your professor's office in office hours and maybe meet somebody. You could join a fraternity. You could join a sorority. You could join, a, you know, a prayer group. I mean, there are so many ways that students socialize on campus, you know, for commuter students. There's even commuter student centers. You know, those are gone right now. 
As Lewis mentioned, most community college students likely live at home, and I imagine they have additional financial responsibilities. They're also exposed to home problems. How is this affecting their studies, or are they worried as well about how this will affect their studies? Yeah, there's a lot of concern that this isolation and depression may lead to more students either giving up or taking a lighter load or dropping out. One really interesting thing in the survey of of universities about mental health was that mental health problems were way higher among students who had some troubles adapting to online education. They're starting off on a bad foot anyhow, and now, you know, the emotional aspect to it could hurt them. I think the uh, community colleges have a particular issue because more of those students tend to have to work, and a lot of those students also have lost their jobs or their mother and father or siblings have lost their jobs. So it's all kind of compounded in a stew of, should I go back to school even if it's paid for? Am I too worried about finances? Are finances threatening my very housing? You know, so a lot of that is all, it's hard to separate out, but I think community colleges students, you know, traditionally older, often more with, with children of their own, you know, face more challenges on this. I imagine that... Some students looked at it in March and said, well, you know, as bad as it is, it will be over soon. Now, all of a sudden, they come back in the fall and they're facing perhaps a full year. That must be really depressing and must compound all the problems that they had. Is that that what you're hearing, Larry? Yeah, that's what the counselors say, that there was something that, okay, let's just get through May or June and this is going to be over. But now that it's sort of really settling in, oh, this may last till January. Oh, it might last till next June. Some people are really getting um, depressed about that. So they're trying to offer more services. You know, they are all virtual. They're all online. They say they're being adaptive, you know, whether the students don't have privacy at their house. They say, okay, we'll offer a telephone therapy session that you could take the phone and go sit in a car or go for a walk in the park away from, you know, your partner or your mom and dad. So they're they're really trying to work around some of those issues. One of the things that's been a challenge is convincing students to really take advantage of services that are available. Is that still an issue? I mean, I think it's still partly an issue that these these centers are really putting out message. If you need help, come to us. I think there, are, you know, obviously is a stigma. Some students may not even know that the services are usually free to them. They've paid their campus-wide activity fee or their health fee, and in that package is not just to go to get you know treated for a cold or a cut at the clinic. You know, they actually have certain amount of counseling services that are offered for free. There is some cultural stigma among some families not to do this, that, that it's kind of an alien thought. And college is trying to reach out and say, you know, nobody else has to know, you can come to us. But important for everyone to know that colleges are really making an effort to provide these services now online, just as they are providing their academic curriculum online. Yeah, and and beyond the the you know mental health aspect and the altruistic aspect, there are also a certain amount of self preservation aspect for the colleges themselves because they want these students to stay. The greatest fear of this upcoming year is that there's going to be a big drop in enrollment, which then could you know compound the school's financial problems with money from the state or money from tuition. And you know this is just another support in trying to keep students together on track and, you know, keep some allegiance and loyalty to the school. That was Ed Source's Larry Gordon. You know, John, so much of the discussion about student mental health assumes that students are living in dorms on residential campuses. But we know the reality is that most students in California's public universities don't live on campus, 
and addressing their mental health needs can be even more challenging, and that's especially true this year with dorms shut on most UC and CSU campuses. To get a frontline view of the mental health landscape, we turn to Umberto Hernandez. He's the college psychologist at Cerritos College in Norwalk near Long Beach. That's one of California's 115 community colleges. It enrolls about 30,000 students during the school year. Welcome, Umberto. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for having me. When schools went out last spring, and it was rather abruptly, were you offering mental health services remotely at that time, or is this something that you have had to do since the pandemic hit? The majority of California community colleges were not offering teletherapy prior to the pandemic. So for many of us, it was a quick scramble to, one, make sure that our staff were properly trained to provide teletherapy and to make sure that we could onboard the technology infrastructure to be able to carry that out and carry that out well. You know, we're providing a sensitive service where, you know, people discuss sensitive issues, sensitive topics, and we want to make sure that's as secure as possible. So, yeah, it was a scramble. Are you confident now that you have a system that you can tell students this is confidential? We feel good about our services and and at the same time as this continues. And then, you know, even post-pandemic, we do hope to continue providing teletherapy in some capacity because, you know, that's also kind of an access and equity issue, too, for for students who may have trouble with transportation, who are taking classes online, that they can still have the service available to them. And so, you know, we're, we're always going to be kind of taking a look at our infrastructure and making sure that we can provide the best service that we can. And so if there are improvements that can be made, we'll, we'll try to make them. Do you have any concerns on the mental health front now that students are all working remotely? Because you're not going to see these students mm-hmm. and all the classes are online. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm concerned on a couple different fronts. There are all these stressors to begin with, and then you kind of taking into account stressors such as, you know, trying to balance home, right, and and academic responsibilities, you know, and I, I'm, I'm thinking, again, just of the demographics of community colleges. You know, these are students who also have children of their own, right? And so they're managing their academics, trying to squeeze in work, and also trying to make sure that their kids are doing well in school because they're doing that online too. Our community college students generally balance a lot of responsibilities and that feels amplified right now at this time. We're talking with Roberto Hernandez. He's the college psychologist at Cerritos College in Norwalk. One of the challenges that Larry Gordon wrote about and that I think many of your students would face is finding a private space to do these sessions because, as you've indicated, many of these students are living with families and often in crowded conditions. Is that is that an issue? It is definitely a consideration. And in those cases, we try to get creative. If they have their own room, then that usually works fine. Otherwise, sometimes it requires some brainstorming, you know, especially if they, you know, maybe have a shared room or shared living space. Then we talk about what kind of 
space they're working with at that time, you know, even if it means like maybe going into their car for some private time or, you know, in some cases where that's not necessarily an option, we, we've gotten creative in, in other ways, right? And, and, you know, like for instance, Zoom has a chat feature. I'm aware of one of our therapists who used the Zoom chat as a way to kind of have like chat therapy and that worked out really well. And so there are different spaces with regards to that. I understand you also have a study hall in the gym where students can actually come in. Do you think that's helpful? Is that something that's creating a climate where students don't feel as isolated? Yeah, we do have a study hall and that's in our gym. You know, tables and spaces are are spread apart to maintain physical distancing. So far as I understand it, it's been well received. Looking at this coming year, going to be a tough one for students, faculty, for everyone, really. What is your major concern as a psychologist and therapist? It's just kind of fatigue, you know, and and burnout. Community college students, oftentimes balancing work, school, sometimes being parents themselves or being siblings who are responsible for their younger siblings. It takes a lot of mental wear on our on our minds and our psyche. And, and, and I think it's really necessary to make sure that there's some of that social connectedness, even though they're resilient, I want them to know that there's still support available to them. We've been talking with Humberto Hernandez. He's the college psychologist at Cerritos College in Norwalk near Long Beach. Thanks for talking with us today and uh, good luck with your really crucial work during this difficult time. Thank you. Very much appreciated. Now to get a college student's perspective on this growing mental health challenge, we have with us 21-year-old Camille Horrigan-Slages. She's a student at Santa Monica College, and she is president of the college chapter of Active Minds. Camille, why don't we just start off with, could you just tell us what Active Minds is? Of course. Active Minds is a global nonprofit organization that aims to destigmatize the talk around mental health for students on college campuses. And what kind of work are you doing on your campus? We do a great amount of work. We do tabling events. We have panelists come in and talk for us. We hold classroom meetings where we go into a classroom with permission from the professor and we talk a little bit about Active Minds, get the word out about it. We hold Zoom meetings every week right now during the pandemic provide resources to students through online means with social media and through pamphlets at passing out on campus. So Camille, let me ask you, and you you obviously have an interest in this issue. You're studying psychology, you're president of Active Minds, but you bring your own personal experience to this issue. Could you just fill us in briefly about some of the things you've gone through? Of course. I have been in and out of therapy since the age of two, mostly occupational therapy for anxiety and depression. When I began my second year at SMC, I was placed in a psychiatric hospital for 10 days due to suicidal ideation. And I was an art history major before then. And after being in the hospital, it really displayed to me and conveyed to me what my true passion is, and that is mental health advocacy and helping others. Now, A number of polls have come out showing that during this pandemic, students are feeling the pressure. Mental health issues, anxiety, depression appear to be on the rise. What are you seeing? There have been a great amount of people who do need therapy now because of COVID. It's my wish personally that every college has the adequate amount of 
therapists. I did a research project last year that stated for every 4,000 students at SMC, there's only one therapist. SMC is Santa Monica College, right? Just for those of us. Yes, SMC is Santa Monica College. And so it's been a journey and a struggle to watch SMC accommodate to those students. With COVID being around, there are definitely more therapists that are being called to duty, I should say, along with social workers that are being hired to oversee student social workers that are then there to be placed to help with other students. And so I think that they're doing a wonderful job. They have videos up on their website. I know that every professor in their syllabus speaks about the Center for Wellness and Wellbeing, which is where counseling services are at SMC. Again, with Active Minds, we hold a lot of resources that we're able to give to students throughout the coming of weeks and through the past couple of weeks. But there definitely are services at SMC for students. Through your own experience, Camille, what would you tell to other students who may feel depressed and not quite sure what to do? The first thing I would do is reach out to somebody. That's the best thing you can do for yourself. Reach out to somebody who you trust or who you know who has gone through similar situations or who knows your situation. Being non-judgmental of yourself for feeling these feelings, I feel, is very important. We're talking with Camille Harrigan-Slages. She's president of Active Minds at Santa Monica College and majoring in psychology. Camille, I think a lot of students are not living on campus, and so they don't have necessarily the kind of residential experience that I think may make it easier for colleges to provide mental health services. Is that the case, that if students aren't living on campus, it's tougher to reach them? As SMC is a commuter school, it is very important to have, you know, banners up, to have flyers everywhere posted on walls, and being able to access that information can be difficult for some students if they don't know where to find it. Although with the help of Active Minds, we're really able to put all of that outreach and resources in the forefront for students to have better and greater access to. You are living off campus, uh, living with your parents or on your, with other... Living with my mom. So is studying online through the distance learning, is that really a major change? Is that taking a big adjustment? SMC does have and have had online classes pre-COVID. I would utilize a lot of those classes, so I am familiar with the online learning environment. However, I do know that for some students, they've never taken an online class or they've never even had a Zoom meeting with a class involved. I do think that the transition has been very difficult for some. And again, while there are some things that you can't change about your household, there are definitely things that you can change for yourself internally that would help immensely. And part of it is just coping with the current reality. I mean, particularly for first-year students who are going to be beginning, looking forward to meeting new people, etc., who are now at home and doing it all via distance learning. That just in and of itself could create anxiety and depression. Definitely. There's a really interesting thing that we talk about in Active Minds, and that is how we are very open with what's happening in our lives right now, especially going through a pandemic that none of us have ever experienced before. And we like to remind ourselves to be very open to what we're feeling, 
again, validating what we're feeling and the difficulties that go along with it. There aren't going to be things that can solve what we're doing right on the spot, but there are ways to cope with what is going on in a healthy manner. That was Camille Harrigan-Slages, a student at Santa Monica College. You know, listening to Camille, I'm reminded that we're just getting into the school year, and it's clear that colleges are going to have to make an extra effort to reach students, as it seems that this pandemic is going to be with us for quite a while, and staying in touch with students who aren't on campus is going to be a challenge. And as Larry noted, students' mental health have a major impact on their ability to succeed with their courses, set priorities for their lives, and and look forward to the future. Well, that does wrap it up for this week's podcast. Our producer is Kobe MacDonald. Thanks, Kobe. Our music is from Nate Schwartz Jazz Orchestra and our own Justin Allen. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Lewis Friedberg. And I'm John Fensterwald. Stay safe. And be well. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Mm-hmm.